Welcome to Reluctantly Supernatural in an Age of Reason, the podcast where we explore the place of the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the church. Our hosts, Pastors Mark Cowpersmith and Bob Maddox, combine their years of ministry experience to address the issues of the prophetic gifts in our modern world. Join us as they interview their guests from a wide variety of spiritual leadership backgrounds, as they share their insights on the place of the supernatural in the church and the world. And now, our hosts, Mark Cowpersmith and Bob Maddox. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast of our podcast, Reluctantly Supernatural. Mark and I are so blessed today to have on a dear friend of mine who I've known forever, Georgian Vanoff, and uh, I'm so honored that he would come and join us today. Georgian has an international ministry. Uh, he is, some people call him the Apostle of Joy, and I'll tell you, every time he came to our fellowship, this place exploded with joy, and it's great to know that he's still carrying on that ministry. And there's, and he just has such a heart of compassion. God has opened doors for him to reach into places no one else will go and bring the light of Christ to that part of the of the world. So, Georgian, welcome today. So good to see you. So glad to be here, both of you. We really want to hear your story, but I mentioned to someone last week that we were interviewing you this week, and they said, oh, the Apostle of Joy. And that got me incredibly curious. Like, how do you get to, how does a guy get to become the Apostle of Joy? Uh, but we'll deal with that in a minute. I got some questions about that that I'm really urgently want to want to ask but we want to hear your story how did you how did you come into the the supernatural power of god the the uh the life in the holy spirit what's what's your your story about well uh first to start i was born in a very non-supernatural type of environment uh communism in bulgaria was dominating when i was uh, born when i was born and my friend, my my family, my my relatives, my parents have lost the freedom uh, at the end of World War II. So I was born in 1948. So communism was completely uh, taken control. As you know, the definition of communism is dialectic materialism. It's very materialistic society where there's what, what you, only what you see it it is when you die. It's no more, nothing. You know, so. Uh, Karl Marx was the author of that communistic utopia, and he was actually not an atheist, although we were all trained to be atheists under that regime. He was a believer. In fact, he was Jewish, young, a Jewish man, uh, and his parents had uh, experiences with the Lord in, a, I believe, Lutheran church, if I'm not mistaken. So he had experience with the Lord even as a, as a young man, but eventually got bitter and whatever. Anyway, so... I was not born in anything supernatural, but the only thing supernatural happened to me is uh, I was part of the, the startup of the first rock and roll band in Bulgaria. Me and three boys started the first rock band. And eventually we got shut down by the communists because we were considered as threat, you know, because we were stirring young people in that kind of a rock and roll type freedom, rebellion, of course. And they shut us down, which, which pushed me to escape which at the time, I don't know if you guys remember the Iron Curtain, of course, the oh, Berlin yeah. Wall. Yeah, younger people don't remember it anymore, but your age, you, you remember it. And somehow, miraculously, you could say supernaturally, but I just thought it was lucky. We managed to escape, me and the guitar player escaped. The Iron Curtain was smuggled by the Polish black market. And then we made our way 
eventually ended up in America, which in my mind was the most, it was scary because we were trained by the comments to believe that America is the worst place in the world, <laughs> you know, and the most dangerous and the worst cowboys will kill you or mafia or something. And just like the worst images. In fact, I was a soldier. Uh, I don't know if I'm going too long, but I just want no, to no. set up. No, this, this, this is fascinating. This is wonderful. So uh, I was uh, went through the, um, the Russian army, uh, well, Bulgarian army, but under the Russian complete control. So I was a gunner in a Russian tank and every target uh, was American. You know, we were trying to kill <laughs> and it's the enemy, right? So the fact that I made it to America was like only because there's no other choices. No other country wanted to accept me, except Americans. And, and uh, I'm never going to forget that. The fear I had and intimidation walking in that American embassy in Vienna, feeling, feeling like I'm going in a bad place, but there's no other place to go. I got to get out of here. And, and the consulate uh, welcomed me uh, in, 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 in his office in, to hear our story. And he, when he heard how we escaped, you know, we risked our lives, he stood up with all open arms and, and says, welcome, boys, to America. This is what this country is all about, the freedom wanting people and and i was like i was nearly crying you know i wow. still am thinking about that because it was the shock of like this this is the enemy these are the bad guys and they welcome you with open arms it's like anyways i made it to america and eventually ended up in hollywood because rock and roll career and so forth greatly greatly disappointed from up close hollywood was a mess you know and not what i thought and that's right there the Jesus people were preaching in the street at the corners and talking about Jesus. And somehow they got me into their house because I, I couldn't speak English, couldn't understand what they're saying. Of course, there's no Jesus, but there's God and there's no God, you know, all that in my mind. But through uh, really loving on me with basic things like food, you know, every night they would invite me to a free dinner. And after two months, it just broke down all this atheism and and uh, mistrust and fear and so forth. And I says, I, I know there's no God, but if there is, I want to know right now, or else I'm going back to Hollywood. And the Lord revealed himself supernaturally. That's my first connection with this in the supernatural way with the Lord. He just, I mean, it was like, I couldn't see him, but I could feel his presence like a tent over me or like a some sort of a, you know, canopy of sort. I mean, it was thick, the so thick it was just so i couldn't see it but the acoustics changed around wow. me it was that that amazing so that was the first introduction to the supernatural through that and that my encounter with the lord and that's that's how i became open to the lord you know you know it's georgian it's interesting because you're a musician you were a yeah. musician and one of the ways that you would perhaps be sensitive to the presence of the lord is the change in acoustics that might not mean anything to anybody else, but I imagine to you, that was probably a very significant sign. Very significant. And I'm like, I'm going crazy. What's happening? I could not see what's discovered, but it's here. And, and, uh, and the, the more I talked to whatever that was, it, it got thicker, closer, and more intimate. And at one point, I, I, the faith that there is a God, that the thought that there is a God, and this maybe is, it is what I'm feeling here. It just went through me like lightning. I can't even describe it. And I practically collapsed in the dirt 
on that little mountain there where I was at. And, and, and I shook um, and I kept saying, whatever this is or whatever, I didn't even think of God as a person per se, but whatever this is, whatever God is, this is, I want to know everything about it. I don't know everything about it. What did that it, was my first prayer, so to speak. What did it feel like? Like you've got this, this sense of presence surrounding you and closing in. What was the emotional content in that moment, if there was one? Well, um, as I said, there's like a couple of months of the Jesus people loving on me through dinners and practical things and attention and just being kind to me and not judging me or anything, just kind of loving on me. I was thinking, what, what's your motive, guys? <laughs> like, why, why are you doing this thing to me? But what they were doing, they were walk, w- opening my heart uh, for to trust because I, I, you know, I was trained not to trust. I mean, in Bulgaria, even families were divided and one would be telling the information and the others, like the communists had that kind of uh, way of controlling. So I wasn't trusting necessarily. And, and so they kind of wore, wore out, wore that. And, and when, when I had this experience with, with him, uh, with the presence of the Lord, uh, the thought that he existed, it just, it connected with me because I'm 24 years old, but 25 years old at the time. So 25 years, complete spiritual darkness, like there's no God. And suddenly with these guys just loving on me and now this experience, this, there is God. And so I felt like a um, mixture of being you know, cheated. And because communists are liars, he, he, we all know that. We know that they lie about everything. So it dawned on me that he, they've lied, they must have lied about this God as well. And, and, and the discovery that there is a God, it was earth shattering for me. As I said, my body collapsed. I couldn't, I mean, and the fact that now I am finally connecting with someone or something that the communists have denied its existence. And now I, I, I can't describe the emotional uh, discovery, you know, and, and I just, I cried out uh, and I says, I want to know you. I want to know it. I want to know all about this God right now. I want to know at all. That's all I want to do now is, is become familiar. It's amazing. Wow. That's a great story, isn't it, Mark? It, it's, it's incredible. And um, it's as good as the first time I heard it uh as we were chopping up his interview and creating these podcasts i'm now remembering what he said and how he said it and i got so excited i couldn't wait to hear the rest of it i'm enthralled because you know i think god adapts himself to each of us as individuals and how he approaches us to make himself known and here we've got a kid uh in the mid-20s uh rock and roll musician first one in bulgaria which i think is pretty cool and there he is, raised under communism, completely, utterly godless society, absolutely a godless society. Only what you can measure with, with your, with your uh, scientific method is what you can possibly believe. So he comes to America, which in and of itself is a miracle. I love how he's working in, a, in the Russian army in a tank, a gunner in a tank, and all the targets, the enemy was always America. So he's got this this lie that's operating that America is the worst possible place in the world to end up. And that's where he ends up. And that's where he finds God. But my point is that 
God adapted his methodology with Georgian to exactly what Georgian needed. He was so marinated in unbelief, so marinated in, in a godless uh, culture, a godless world. It is going to take something absolutely stunning to move him from there is no God to maybe there is a God to I really want to know this God. And when he described that experience he had with the presence of God coming like a tent or like a covering, and growing in intensity until it completely surrounded him. And he described it, interestingly, as more and more intimate. And that created this ridiculous hunger to know the source of this thing. Like, where is this coming from? Who is this? If, 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 if I can know you, I want to know everything there is to know about you. I can't think of a more dramatic conversion other than maybe the Apostle Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. He's overwhelmed with something he absolutely can't explain in any physical terms. And uh, so Georgian reaches out. And, and the proof I thought was super interesting because he's a musician and he thinks in, in musical terms and acoustics and how sound is coming across. When that changes, that's noteworthy to him. That's mm. a proof. That's a proof in his world. Music, sound is his world. That's a proof in his world that God is real, and it was persuasive. But here's the other thing I, I'm in love with in this story, is that it was the efforts and the love of the Jesus mm -hmm. people who yes. unconditionally took him in, yeah. unconditionally cared for him, and, and yeah. became for him an expression of God's love that's tangible. Yeah. And you combine that tangible expression of God's love through humans, and then you combine it with the power of the supernatural through the Holy Spirit and that experience. He's convinced. He's taken you know, from dark. He's taken from darkness to light, and that's exactly what happened to him. And you know, a lot of people say, "Well, it was an experience," and and uh, you know, a lot of people don't have that kind of experience. They hear a sermon or they someone shares the scripture and they put their faith in it and they become born again and they encounter God. And so they might be tentatively or tempted rather to say, well, you know, it was an experience, a big emotional deal. Uh, how do we know, you know, that that's real? Well, one of the proofs of that that's real is his whole life after that, which was yeah. just pursuing yeah. God with all of his yeah. heart. And of course, the Bible is full of these stories of people who had those kind of encounters with God. Well, it's a, it's a premise of our book that our culture now is in the place where if we don't have more of these supernatural encounters, we're not going to believe. Our culture has become so godless in so many ways that unless people have an experience of the truth, they're not going to pay attention to the truth. Right, right. And the experience of the truth is the experience of Jesus, the experience of that love and the experience of the Holy Spirit. And, and I say this, people can talk you out of an idea, but it's very hard to talk yeah. you out of an experience. And God gave him an experience so, so uh, persuasive and so compelling that his own reason forced him to pursue it. I've got yeah. to know if this is real, and it is, I'm experiencing it, I got to know more about it. Well, knowing more about what he experienced is going to come in our next episode. So I hope you guys will come back and see part two. In fact, we'll have several episodes with him talking about not only what happened in his life, but how it's impacted a lot of other people's lives. It just gets better, Bob. It, it really just gets better. So join us again soon.
You've been listening to the Reluctantly Supernatural podcast with your hosts, Mark Cowpersmith and Bob Maddox. Be sure to check out our website at www.reluctantlysupernatural.com or visit our YouTube channel, Reluctantly Supernatural, for more videos and podcasts. To get a copy of our book, Reluctantly Supernatural in an Age of Reason, you can purchase it at Amazon.com or order it directly from us at our website, www.reluctantlysupernatural.com. Reluctantly Supernatural.com.